Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. I love social media. All right, I just do. I love social media. I love the reels that you kind of find yourself flicking through four hours later. You know, you, those of you who know, you kind of just flick the next video and before you know it, it's kind of been four hours of your life. No, that's not four hours. That's dreadful. I know, I know. That is, that's not true though. That's just a little bit of an opener. Okay, but, but, I've been watching one and it's quite interesting because this guy starts off with a dollar and he, he kind of catches up with a passerby and he says, listen, you can either have this dollar or pay it forward to the next person. And if they do, if, they, if you pay it forward, I'll double it for the next person. And of course the person says, I don't need a dollar. Like, pay it forward, that's fine. And then he goes to the next person, he says, hey, I've got two dollars for you. Now you can either have those two dollars or I'll double it and you can pay it forward for the next person. And the person will often say, that's fine, just double it, I don't need it, that's fine. And then he'll go to the next person, $8. And I watched it, and this one time it hit $512. People kept saying, yeah, pay it forward, pay it forward. And then finally, so he comes to this man and he says, I've got $512 for you. Do you want it? Or you can pay it forward and I'll double it for the next person. And the guy goes, no, I'll take it. Like, give me $512. I'll take it right now. And he says to the guy, why are you giving away this money? Why are you trying to, like, give me this money? And the guy says, listen, I just want to be kind. I just want to bless someone. And as you go through these reels on Instagram, Facebook, what happens is you see lots of giveaways. There's people suddenly paying for people's shopping or there's um, people giving food to people on the streets. And, and it all looks really good and really kind. But all the time, guess what? There's a camera that just happens to be picking up this beautiful kindness And kindness these days seems to no longer reflect the heart of God, but has become this kind of copycat version of what kindness was always meant to be. And it almost seems as if it's it's become self-centered and self-promotion. But when we look at kindness in the Bible, we see something very different The Bible tells us that love is kind, that forgiving someone is the ultimate act of kindness, that kindness begins with God. And and Nick said last week that kindness was something we should wear, we should put it on. And God's kindness in our lives is a fruit that he is our source and as we look at the way Jesus lived his life on earth, um, on earth, the way he lived among us, the way he spoke to people, one of the things we, we see about him was the way he treated people with incredible kindness. There are going to come four accounts up on the screen where Jesus showed incredible kindness. And you might want to make note of these passages And just read them this week and just see how kind Jesus was to these people involved. In Matthew 8, 
Jesus showed us that kindness was to be shared with the outcast. Jesus reached out and touched a man with a disease so disgusting that no one would come near him. And for years, this man probably had never felt the touch of another human upon him. But as Jesus touched that leper that day, he saw a man who was sick and needed help. In Luke 19, we see Zacchaeus, a rich man who abused his power and authority. He stole money from his community and the people hated him for it. But Jesus, he didn't hesitate to spend time with him. Jesus didn't care what others thought about him as he met with that man. In Zacchaeus, Jesus saw a man who was desperate to turn his life around. In John 4, we see that the prejudice of foreigners is nothing new. The Samaritans were not welcome amongst the Jews. But as Jesus, a Jew, sat and talked with a Samaritan woman, he revealed to those around him that kindness was, be, was to be given to everyone, regardless of their race. And in Luke 8, here we read the story of a woman who, as she reached out to touch Jesus in desperation for healing, she was just a face in the crowd. But Jesus saw her and he gave her a name, daughter, and he healed her. And time and time again, we, as we read the accounts of Jesus, we see that as he walked out his mission on the earth, he was incredibly kind to people. Now, the thing about kindness and compassion is that it's really easy to be kind to someone who's kind to us. It's really easy to be kind to someone when they're good to us, when we get on with them, or even if we've watched a moving um, video of someone in desperate need. It's, it's, it's quite easy to be kind and share our money with those people. But it's much harder when maybe a person's been harsh with us to return that harshness with kindness. It's much harder to show someone kind, kindness if they've, if they've hurt us or if someone we've loved has let us down. Or it's someone who we, um, is in our way as we're going about the busyness of our day. It could become an inconvenience. It is much harder to show kindness. And sometimes we get kindness right, and sometimes we get kindness wrong. But kindness takes practice. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's God living inside of us, and we choose to put on kindness. And when we do that, we reveal to everyone around us the love that God has shown to us. I love this in, in 2 Corinthians. It says, in the message version, it says, your lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, 
not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. And we get to publish it. And so the question I have for you all today is this. Am I reflecting the kindness of Jesus in my life? That's the question. Andy, you're going to come forward. Andy had a little moment of kindness that he shared in our life group a couple of weeks ago. And he's going to share it. Whilst he comes and shares it, I've got a gift for you all. All right, so some people in this room, you've got a little gift. I'd like you to start handing that out, please, as Andy shares his kindness story. Okay, yeah, so um, I, I kind of zipped off pretty quickly. I remember someone from the group saying, oh, he's going back to see the baby. I wasn't, I was going to the gym. So I was zipping off to the gym pretty quickly and uh, went to the gym, great. And I was on the way back from um, down Manchester Road. And it was, I don't know if it was raining, it was quite dark. And I just noticed like a figure on the other side of the road, basically in the road. And then realized pretty quickly it was a gentleman that had fallen into the road. So I just pulled over, managed to kind of get him off the road, because uh, he would have, the car might have um, hit him, um, and just managed to give him a little shake, because he was, he was completely out of it, and basically been smoking weed and had a drink, managed to kind of prop him up, start a little conversation with him, do you want to, you know, do you want to, would you like a drink, and, you know, can I help you out, do, do, do you want water, do you want a can of Coke, no, don't want do you want a coffee, yeah, I'll have a coffee, I'll have a strong coffee, I get, so kind of propped him up against the lamppost, I said, mate, I'll come back in two minutes, I promise, I won't leave you. So I ran over to the petrol station, got a nice strong coffee, kind of sat with him, kind of put my arm around him, had a little chat. Um, just had a nice little moment, really, and, hit, and uh, you know, I said to him, you know, um, he was like, why, 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 why have you done this for me? Why have you done this for me? And I was like, well, you know, I just think it's the right thing to do. And then it opened up a little bit, just a light touch, um, light, light touch um, gospel, nothing heavy. You know, it wasn't really the, the time to be pouring in. Um, and I said, you know, you do the same for me. And he went, I wouldn't. <laughs> I just went, no, I wouldn't, mate. I wouldn't. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe you would. And I said, so where are you going? Where, where are you going now? And he's like, well, I've been kicked out. I've not really got got anywhere to go. So I was like, right. Um, and then I started to tell him about having a baby and stuff like this. So I could put you in, in my house. No, no, don't worry. I can't intrude. I want to intrude. You've got a little baby. I'm not coming to yours. I think I know where my aunties is. I think I'll be able to walk to my aunties. I said, but it's really, it's really cold. So let me see what I've got. So I rummaged in the back boot and I managed to have one of these like um, big rugs that you take to the beach. So I just wrapped him up in that. I said, are you going to be okay? And then he like held me. Kind of, are you an angel? Are you an angel? I said, no, I'm not an angel, mate. Definitely not an angel. Um, I said, but I'll be thinking for you. I said, what's your name? And he said, my name's Andy. I said, great. I said, well, my name's Andy too. I'll be praying for you. And he was like, nice one. Um, so it just kind of scuttled off into the trees. And that's kind of the story. Thank you. You know, as followers of Jesus, we have been called to reflect the kindness of Jesus. You and I have been given the opportunity to show people who he is. Now, this mirror that I've given you, okay, the good thing about mirrors is that they're designed to reflect whatever they're pointed at. So some of you, I can already tell, you're eyeing up yourself in it, going, yeah, yeah, pretty good, yeah, yeah, that's all right, okay. And then some of you already know 
probably the younger ones, if you aim it just right, you can kind of get reflection of light off it. And then you can point it at somebody who's getting on your nerves. And then you can just hit the light beam on their eyes. And it'll really, I had that this morning. All right. I was in Orford. And as I did this, somebody hit the light right on my eye. And um, there's a science experiment we do at school. Flowers in a vase. Ordinary white flowers. And what we do is you put a different colored drop of dye in their water pot. And you wait. And to begin with, nothing happens. And the kids come into the class, Miss, has anything happened? Has anything happened? No, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. They, they kind of go about their day and then they go home and then the next day they come in. And after a while, something happens to those flowers. As they drink the water, as they rely on their source of water for life, the flowers begin to change color to their water source. And just like a mirror reflects its source, just like the flower color changes to the color of its water source, you and I are wired to reflect our source. When we aim the mirror at ourselves, what does our source reflect? When Christ is our source, we will reflect him. Lucas has already read the passage tonight. Whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, whatever is lovely, think about these things. But if I'm facing a situation and anger is burning inside, if bitterness is beginning to control me, then my source isn't Jesus. And I need to change my source. I almost need to literally kill it with kindness. And how we are with others how we treat people, how we respond to people in situations reflects what our relationship with Jesus is really like. You see, if Christ is in us, we will become like him. I hate being under stress. I hate it. Because when I'm under stress, the worst of me has the potential to come out. The night when Jesus was betrayed and captured, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, found himself under extreme pressure. And I want you to imagine the scene with me. It's night. It's dark. There's confusion. There's shouting. There's scuffling. There's, there's people being grabbed. There's people running away. And in the midst of it all, Peter, we read, grabs a sword to attack one of the servants. There was no loving your enemy here. And Peter, still trusting physical power over kingdom of God power, and in a moment of anger, chops off Malchus's ear. In that moment of stress, 
Peter was not reflecting the Jesus who stood in front of him. And we read that Jesus quickly brings correction. He stoops down, he picks up the ear, and he heals the one sent to arrest him. In that moment, Jesus showed Peter, this is not a time for fighting Peter. This is a moment where I get to show my incredible kindness. And how you and I respond reflects our source. I read this phrase this week. To be kind isn't to suck it up and be quiet. To be truly kind in the midst of adversity reveals incredible strength and reveals the fruit of our source. It is an everyday result of Christ being outworked in our life. And kindness is a fruit planted by the Spirit of God into your life, into my life, the moment we say yes to him. And if Jesus is my source, if he is the root, then I will become like him. And the fruit that I produce will reflect him. In the good days, in the stressful days, in the I'm hurting in this moment days, am I reflecting the kindness of Christ in my life? In Acts chapter 16, we have Paul and Silas. They're in Philippi sharing the good news of Jesus. And this is what it write, It says in Acts 16 verse 22. It says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Stop there. Paul and Silas, all they'd been doing was preaching the good news. And yet they were seen as such a threat. It wasn't just a case of put them into prison. It was the inner dungeon. The dungeon probably where people never came out alive. It would have stunk. It, there would not have been kind of health and safety in the inner dungeon. And it says, verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And it was in that messy moment that Paul and Silas chose to stay. You know, when those doors opened, when their chains fell off, if it had been me, trapped in the inner dungeon... Knowing that I hadn't done anything wrong, 
I would have run for the hills. I would have been out of there. I would have run as fast as I could. But in that moment, in that messy, dirty moment, Paul and Silas chose to show incredible kindness to the jailer by staying and not running for their lives. They chose to stay and reflect the kindness of Christ to a man responsible for keeping them locked up. And God used that kindness as an opportunity to reveal Jesus to the prison guard. And there are going to be times when you and I, we're going to have to be involved in messy, uncomfortable stuff in order that people around our lives get the opportunity to see the kindness of Christ. As Life Church began, we were out shopping with the children. And as we came back from the shops, we noticed our car wasn't in the place where we'd parked it. In fact, someone had driven at such force, they had knocked it out of the car park space. They had completely damaged the back of the car. The lights had been smashed. The side of the car was an absolute state. But it was all right. On the windscreen, there was a little note. You know, you, you know. And, um, and in my head, I'm going, well, we know what this is all about. It's just a ha-ha. Everyone thinks I'm writing this note. Pretend I'm leaving you my details, but I'm not. But Lucas, full of faith, went and grabbed the note. You know, he was convinced, and he was right. There was a number. But still in my head, I'm thinking, there's no way. This is not a real number. But we called it. And the next day, two people came and they looked at our car. They said, we are so sorry. We're going to pay for the damages. We haven't got insurance. We're, but we're going to pay for it. Please just leave it with us. We'll sort it. And we said, okay. But inside, I was angry. I was like, how dare you? You've messed up our plans. You've messed up our car. And you haven't got insurance. And, and this is just creating. This is inconvenient. And everything within me just wanted to throw the book at them. A couple of weeks went by and we heard nothing and this anger is, is growing inside of me, this bitterness towards them. We needed the car and we did not have the money to fix it. And then we got a phone call, hey, we haven't been in touch but can you come and see us? And they gave us their address and we arranged to go around the next day to go and see them. Just as we left the following day, Lucas said to me, Sir, he said, I think we need to forgive these people. We need to say to them, listen, we're just going to wipe the slate clean. You do not need to pay the debt you owe us on this car. We just want to bless you and release you from it. And I just remember thinking, really? <laughs> like, this has been a really inconvenient in our lives. And in that moment, I had a decision to make. Was my attitude towards these people going to reflect the Jesus that had showed incredible kindness to me? The Jesus who'd wiped away my sin, who had cancelled my debt and given me the gift of eternal life? Or was I going to reflect unforgiveness, getting even, and making these people pay what they owed me? me. 
Titus chapter 3 says this. When God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, given us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. And because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Peter, who had chopped off the ear of the servant, a few days later, after Jesus had come back to life from the grave, he meets with the disciples on the beach for breakfast. And he pulls Peter aside just to teach him one final time. And he says, Peter, if you love me, take care of my sheep. Peter, be kind to people. Peter, show people what I am like. Peter, let your life, let your attitude, let your actions reflect that you are a follower of me. In fact, Peter, how you love people will reflect how much you love me. You and I, we are the fifth gospel of Christ. His church, reflecting to everyone who they meet, regardless of who they are or what they may deserve, reflecting who Jesus really is. As Lucas and I, as we walked into that home of this couple, with flowers, with chocolates, we sat down and an incredible peace came over me as we just said, we are releasing you of what you owe us. We are wiping the slate clean. And then we told them why. Because we're reflecting Jesus. Because Jesus has wiped the debt clean in our lives. The kindness of Jesus is one that forgives. The kindness of Jesus is one that restores. The kindness of Jesus is one that loves unconditionally. The kindness of Jesus is patient. The kindness of Jesus brings healing. Jesus' kindness is not self-seeking, self-promoting. And Jesus' kindness does not bring up past mistakes. The question I'm asking you tonight, am I reflecting the kindness of Jesus in my life? We've been called, haven't we, not just to follow Jesus, but to reflect and live out the incredible kindness of Christ. A kindness that actually creates opportunities for God to reveal Jesus in the lives of men and women. There's a saying that says, kindness costs nothing. The truth is, kindness of Jesus cost him everything. It cost him his life as he died on the cross. The kindness of Jesus 
cost him as he was separated from the Father, as the sin of the world was placed upon his shoulders. His kindness cost. And you and I, in whatever situation or circumstance we find ourselves, we have been called to reflect exactly the same kindness. Last four weeks, we've looked at Jesus is faithful. Jesus is kind. Jesus is Lord. And Jesus is coming again. And this world needs a church that is going to reflect who that Jesus is. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.